0: You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shay. Hey, hey, everybody. This is Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. I'm so giddy and excited. I hope that you can tell by my voice, you guys, because today we are celebrating 100 episodes. One hundred. <laughs> I'm weak. Yes, I'm laughing at myself because you guys do not know the struggle of of being consistent. Let me tell you something. When I first started this podcast back in August of 2020, it had been a vision of mine for several years. Actually, I used to want to have a talk show, like an actual, like Oprah Winfrey, sit on my couch, let's talk. And because of COVID and just life and other things and other projects, that has not materialized yet, But it's still a dream of mine. And I decided to launch a podcast instead. And when I launched Real Relationship Talk, I launched it and I said to myself, I am going to be consistent come hell or high water. I am going to release an episode every single week. And you guys, it has been almost, no, yeah, almost two years. Oh my goodness, in August, it'll be two years. And I have not missed a week. And if you guys know me personally, I've always struggled with being consistent. Like, I'm a starter. I love to start things. I'm an entrepreneur. I love to launch things. I mean, launching is my jam. But actually continuing and, like, sticking with something over and over and over every single week, uh, yeah, not really me. And so really, honestly, all glory be to God, because... We're at 100 episodes, you guys, 100 episodes, and some of y'all have been on this journey since episode one. Some of you are just now finding this podcast. Maybe some of you came six months ago or three months ago or however long you have been on this journey. I am just so grateful that you are here. I am so grateful that you tune in every single week to these episodes, and I put a lot of time, thought, energy, effort into bringing you real life, real relationship talk that is going to not only encourage you, but it's going to transform your relationships. And so I'm so excited to get into our topic for today. Um, We are going to be talking about how to get your spouse to go to coaching or counseling or therapy or whatever you want to call it. Ladies, it's time for you to level up your wife game and join me for my next Wife Life Group Coaching Mastermind. Experience the best of both worlds as you glean from the wisdom of me as your main coach, plus a supportive team of women supporting women in marriage. During our weekly group sessions, you'll receive support on issues concerning your marriage and participate in real talk. Somebody say real talk. Real Talk discussions on topics like communication, boundaries, sex mommy issues, self-care, and so much more. Ladies, you are not going to want to miss this. Registration is happening right now at danashe.com forward slash Wife Life. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash Wife Life. Wife Life is open to all married and engaged women, so be sure to invite your friends. Don't delay, ladies. Register today at danashe.com forward slash Wife Life. The reason that I wanted to do this episode is several fold, if that's a word. I just made it up. If not, okay, deal with it. I believe that people are approaching this the wrong way. As a matter of fact, I know it because I'll have Usually, wives reach out to me and they're like, Dana, I want to work with you, but my husband's not interested. Can I work with you alone? I even have a program called Solo Spouses, specifically for these usually women who want to get coaching, but their spouses are uninterested. And so, this is a phenomenon, you all. If you're in this boat, maybe you turn on this podcast because you're like, yeah, that's me. I can't get my spouse to go to coaching or counseling to save my life. You're not alone. There are so many people who deal with this. And so Sean and I, we talk about this all the time. And actually, he was on a conversation on Clubhouse with some friends earlier. And this kind of inspired me to go ahead and have this conversation on the show because it is something that is so, so common in marriages. Now, I'm going to make some generalizations here. But if you are a dude, if you're a guy, a fella, a man, however you classify yourself, Maybe it's you. Maybe you're the one who you're like, no, I actually want to go to counseling or I want to go to coaching. It's my wife. It's my girlfriend. It's my partner who won't come. This episode is for you, too. So if you hear me really talking to women, it's just because normally in most situations, it's the wife or the woman in the relationship that feels like her husband, boyfriend, whoever, won't come. But again, this might pertain to you as well if you are the male in the relationship. So I'm talking about this because, y'all, this was my life for so many years, way too many years, where I wanted Sean to go to counseling and he was not interested at all, did not feel like he needed counseling. And I really wish that he was on this episode, but if you guys listened to last week's episode, episode 99, he was our guest and Sean like commits to like one podcast a quarter. (laughs) He does. He's getting better. He's getting better. He comes on, but I don't want to nag him because we don't nag, right? That was the topic of our podcast a couple of episodes ago, episode 98. So I'm not going to nag. But you guys, make sure that you send him DMs. You can actually just DM me on Instagram at Ms. Dana Shea and let him know that you want him to come back, okay? So anyway, I digress. How do you get your spouse, your partner, your lover, your boo, your whoever, how do you get them to go to counseling? So I'm going to share... Eight tips. Now, I'm going to use the words counseling, coaching, and therapy interchangeably, okay? Now, they are not necessarily the same. And I know that. I know that there are some therapists or counselors that are listening like, oh, my gosh, she's comparing. No, no, no. They're not the same and maybe you don't know the difference. So you know what? Let's just talk about the difference real quick between therapy or psychotherapy, if you will. That's, you know, that's the technical term for it. We don't call it psychotherapy because that kind of has a negative connotation, but that's what therapy is or counseling. What is the difference between those two and coaching? You can find this on my website, actually, DanaShea.com forward slash coaching. I actually talk all about the difference. But just to sum it up real briefly for you, usually the difference between therapy and coaching is that, first of all, in order to be seen by a therapist, this would be someone who is licensed as a professional psychologist or counselor. They have gone to school. They have earned a degree in that particular field, Okay. A coach, technically, y'all, can be anybody, okay? And so just know that when you're looking at all these folks that are calling themselves coaches, it could technically be anybody, all right? I've gone through training. It takes work to be a certified coach. I'm not saying that you have to go to a certified coach, but you do need to make sure that if you are reaching out to a coach... You want to find out what kind of training that person has had. You want to make sure that they're not just giving you their opinion. Okay, so that's the one difference. And another difference, and I think this is probably the, the biggest difference, is that oftentimes in therapy or counseling, you will go backwards in order to go forward. So you'll talk a lot about your past, your family of origin, your childhood trauma, wounds, lots of talk about trauma and wounds. Okay, that's the deal with therapy Most in most cases versus coaching, which is much more forward progressing. Now, this does not mean that in coaching you won't talk about childhood wounds, you won't talk about your past, but because most coaches are not licensed to diagnose or to really dig too deep into those issues, most coaches aren't going to spend a whole, whole lot of time there. A coach is really like an athletic coach. Think about it. If you're in a game, they don't care about what happened last season. they're like listen today we are going to beat the wildcats all right these are the plays this is what we're going to do we've been studying our opponent and here we go it's all about winning it's all about goals it's all about moving forward that's what coaching is and that's why i love it so much because a lot of times we can get stuck in the past i have seen couples in counseling for years which i think is a waste of time and money honestly As a coach, I don't want to see my clients for years. I want them to outgrow me. I want them to take the wisdom and the tips and the knowledge, and I want them to use it so that in six months, 12 months, they're good to go. And then we can just do maintenance sessions every now and again. That is my desire. But I have literally seen couples in counseling for years, for years. Think about that. That's one of the reasons why your spouse or partner might not want to go because they don't want to be stuck with this counselor for years. And so I'm not saying that coaching is better than counseling. I just think that they're two very different products and you need to decide which one you need. If there's lots and lots of trauma in your life and there are lots of psychological or mental health issues I would recommend that someone go to a counselor, a professional psychotherapist, someone who might be able to diagnose and even prescribe medication if it's that serious. If you're dealing with, like, we can't communicate well, my spouse is selfish, they're rude, they're arrogant, we're dealing with infidelity— That's usually something that a coach can help you to work through, okay? So I just want to kind of say that off the bat. And again, to my therapist friends, love you guys. You're amazing. But I don't push therapy for everyone because therapy is not necessary for every single couple. Let me just say that off the bat. All right. So that wasn't one of the reasons why your spouse or partner might not go to therapy, but that could be one. So there you go. There's a bonus. Okay, So let's go ahead and get into these reasons why your spouse or partner, husband, wife won't go to therapy or counseling or coaching and what you can do to help them. Number one, you need to ask yourself, is this really necessary? Now, I kind of just broached the subject a little bit when I said, is therapy really necessary? Maybe you've been trying to get your spouse to go to counseling when really you need coaching. So maybe your spouse is resistant because they're like, but I don't need counseling. We just need a little bit of help along the way. That could be a reason, right, that they feel like it's not necessary. Or maybe, like Sean, he didn't feel like any of it was necessary. He was like, we're good. Even though our marriage was literally falling apart, he was like, we're good. We don't need that. But you need to ask yourself, is this really necessary? Is there something that you two can do on your own to fix your problems? Now, probably not because you've probably tried, right? You've probably tried all the things. You've done all the Google searches. You've read the books. You've listened to the podcast. You've done all the things that you can do and your marriage is still stuck. If you're in that place, then yes, check that box. Friend, you need some objective outside help. But if you've not done any of that work, you've got work to do before you reach out. You know, when people come to me as a coach, I always let them know I cannot work harder on your marriage than you are willing to work on your marriage. If you're not willing to do the assignments that I give you, in my coaching sessions, I always give my clients homework. If you're not willing to read, if you're not willing to do the work on yourself, which we're going to talk about in just a minute, I am going to be limited in how much I can help you. So if you have not gotten to the place in your relationship where you have decided is this necessary and are we at a stage in our relationship where we really do need to hire someone, that might be a reason that your spouse is resistant. So the first thing that I would encourage you to do is to determine is this even necessary? So let's say that you say, Yes, Dana, absolutely, we are there, girlfriend. We have got to get some help. So, the second thing that I would encourage you to do is to encourage your spouse do not demand. There is a difference when you go to your spouse and you say, Hey, babe, listen, we've been having some real challenges in our relationship. You know that. I know that. We can't get along. We don't seem to be communicating well. I've done everything that I know how to do, and I know that you've done everything that you know how to do. We love each other, but I think that we might need somebody to help us. What do you think about that? Y'all, that's way different than you got issues and you need to go to counseling. You know what? Our marriage is not going to last if you do not go to counseling. And my friend so-and-so said that half of the marriages that don't go to counseling end in divorce. Like, if we approach it that way, no, no, no. Your, your spouse, just because of pride, <laughs> they're not going to do it. So the way that you approach your spouse, your partner is super important. I spent years, you guys, trying to manipulate Sean to go to therapy. Years. And I wouldn't have called it manipulation. Of course not. I would call it care and concern. Okay? And so I would do things like uh, shame and blame. I would do things like talk about all of his mistakes all the time. I would do things like cry and just act crazy, literally, because I thought all of those things were going to somehow entice him to go to therapy. Well, y'all know what it did? It enticed him to think I needed therapy. He was like, girl, you are crazy and you have issues and you need to be going to see a counselor. Why do you keep talking to me about going to a counselor when you are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? And so I had to learn how to encourage him and not to demand that he do what I think that he should do. And obviously, you don't want to nag. Again, we talked about this in episode 98. If you're nagging your spouse, you know, you're putting notes on their work computer and you're having therapists call them to set up appointments and they're like, who is Dr. Fields? I don't know who Dr. Fields is. Who do you have these people call on my phone? You don't want to do that. That is going to backfire. So don't nag. Don't demand. Don't manipulate. Simply encourage. Okay, number three kind of goes along with this and it's don't have ulterior motives. Why do you want your spouse to go to therapy or coaching in the first place? If your motive is not simply to better your marriage and to grow or to see you and your spouse grow, because it's not just your spouse is the one who needs to grow, you got some growing to do too. And so if you don't want that for your relationship then you need to check your motives. We're gonna talk about this. I'm really, really going to talk about being careful what you wish for. And I don't wanna jump ahead too much, but just kind of let that seed sink in real quick. But you need to make sure that your motives are right. Y'all, I see so many clients who will approach me and, and I'm at the stage in my business, you all, where I'm very selective about who I will work with. I don't wanna work with couples or individuals who are trying to use coaching to manipulate their spouses. I'm not gonna be a part of that. Your motives need to be pure, they need to be good, they need to be loving, and they need to always be for the betterment of your spouse. Not so that some counselor can tell your spouse that they need medication, or so that some counselor can tell your spouse that you're really the good one, okay? No. Make sure that you check your motives. So let's see. We're on number four. Okay, so number five is don't blame, shame, or compare. All right, I see this a lot. I did this a lot. I told y'all earlier. Or I would try to shame Sean into counseling. Oh my gosh, the Christian thing. Y'all, if you're a Christian, y'all know we can make that Bible say whatever we wanted to say. And we can shame people with the Bible and we can try to blame all of our problems on our spouse. If you would only go to therapy, we wouldn't have these problems. If you would only sign up for coaching, our marriage wouldn't be this bad. We can shame, we can blame, my God, we can compare. We did a whole podcast episode, a whole series way back when called the Relationship Mistakes Series. This was back in, I think it was in the late teens, early 20s, those episodes. Go back and listen to that. There's a whole episode dedicated to stop comparing in your marriage. And when I talked about that episode, it wasn't just about comparing your marriage to somebody else's marriage, like most of us know that we're not supposed to do that. We're like, okay, I'm not going to compare my spouse to my girlfriend's husband. I'm not going to compare my wife to, you know, the dude at work's wife. But sometimes what we do, you guys, is we compare ourselves to our spouses. So we will get to this place where we're doing all the right things and our spouse is the bad guy. Okay, so go back and listen to that. Episode 12, how to stop comparing within your marriage or your relationship. And I think you're going to find a lot of gold there. All right. But don't shame. Don't blame. Don't compare. None of these other tactics are going to work. Now, let's talk about number six, work on yourself. Oh, my gosh. If Sean was on this episode, you guys, this is what he would talk about for the next 15 minutes because he talks about it all the time. He talks about it with the men's group that he leads. He talks about it whenever anybody asks him for marriage advice. He always says, communication and work on yourself. Like if he wrote a book, it will be called Communication and Work on Yourself by Sean Williams. Work on yourself. And I know that that might seem counterintuitive because you're like, well, wait, wait, wait but, but, but my spouse is actually the one who needs help. My, my spouse is actually the one who needs coaching. My, my, my partner is the one who needs counseling. And maybe that's true, but what about you, boo? What about you? You don't need any help. You don't have any things to work on. You're good to go. Out of the box, 100%. Probably not. So instead of focusing so much on your partner, maybe you should focus on yourself. Let me tell you how this played out in our marriage, all right? This was probably like year 12, okay, where I was so fed up with Sean, y'all. I was so fed up with this man. I just didn't want to be married anymore. I just was like, this is just a waste of my time and life. I don't want to do this anymore, and he won't even go get help. He won't even get counseling. He doesn't even think that he needs help. He doesn't even see all the problems that he's causing in this relationship. And so I said, you know what? And, and this was not an overnight transformation. So let's not kid ourselves. And to think that I just woke up and had this epiphany, I think Sean was probably praying for me or my mother. Praise the Lord for the prayers of a mother, because she was like, Lord, my child, my child, help my daughter, Lord. But there came a point in my life where I realized I cannot change my husband. I know that was just like a revelation for some of you guys. You're like, what? I can't? No, sis, you can't. You can't even change yourself. How in the world do we think that we're supposed to change somebody else? Well, I had this revelation, y'all. I can't change this man. This man is change resistant. I've tried all the things. I've given it my best shot. And he is still the same. So maybe, maybe I should try to work on myself. Because I have issues. I have issues. I had anger issues. I had self-righteous issues. I had comparison issues. I had major trust issues. I had insecurities. And some of you guys are like, yeah, but he caused all of that. It doesn't matter who caused it. What matters is that I had those issues. And those issues were affecting my marriage. They were affecting my other relationships. They were affecting my parenting. They were affecting my life. And I just got to a point where I didn't want to live like that anymore. And I realized that I could not continue to blame Sean for all of my problems. So I decided I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to start working on me. This man doesn't ever have to come. I think he should, but I am not going to sit around. And some of you guys, that's a word for you, that you're sitting around not doing any work on yourself because you're waiting for a spouse or a partner. Don't let that person keep you stuck. You go get help. You reach out for therapy. You reach out for coaching. You begin to do the work on yourself. And y'all, as I begin to do my work, as I begin to learn about forgiveness and confession and grace and compassion and all of these things, my heart began to soften and I began to change. And do you know what happens? I know you know what happened. Mr. Sean Williams said, aha. She's changing. Maybe I should change too. Now, I had insurance paying for my sessions. This dude goes out and finds a therapist who don't take insurance, and he's paying out of pocket. And I was like, wow, he's really serious now because now he's investing in his own well-being. And I didn't even have to force him. So I'm telling y'all what I know. Some of you are spinning your wheels and you are doing all the things that I was doing and it's not working. And what is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. You're getting the same results. So it's time that you do something different. And what I believe you need to do, and if Sean were, again, if Sean were here, he would say, you need to work on yourself. Work on yourself. Listen, even if you don't think you have any issues, you don't have anything to work on, just still sign up for coaching. And that way the coach can tell you, you're perfect. You don't have any issues. Matter of fact, I'm going to write a book, Will You Be My Co-Author? And you can help me to tell everybody else about all of their problems. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. You're probably going to realize things about yourself that you didn't know before. I didn't think I had an anger issue. I thought I had a husband issue. But I realized, oh, oh, that anger was actually there before I got married. I just covered it up with other things. Yeah, that's my issue to own. All kinds of things started being revealed to me when I began to do the work on myself. So work on yourself. That could be a whole podcast just in and of itself. Maybe we'll have Sean come back and talk about that because he's obviously super passionate about telling everybody else that when I began to work on myself, he began to work on himself. But it's okay. It's okay. It's all good. Not bitter. All right. Number seven, be careful what you wish for. Be careful, be careful, be careful, my friends. Sometimes we want our spouses or partners to go to therapy and we just do not know what is down that road. Because some of their tendencies, you might actually be the root of. Some of their behavioral issues might directly coincide with your treatment of them and those things will be illuminated in counseling or in coaching and so here you are thinking that you're the good guy and you're just here bless their heart they're finally showing up to coaching like i've been asking them to for all of these years and go ahead go ahead coach dana and do your thing and i'll just sit here and patiently wait for you to fix my spouse i see this you guys i see i'm i'm listen i wish i was lying to you but i'm telling you the truth be careful what you wish for Because you might just realize that all the issues that you thought were your spouse's problems are really your problems, that you're really the one, and I kind of alluded to this before, that you're really the one who who needs the majority of the help. Now, I'm not saying that this is true in every situation. Some of you guys are rightfully so concerned about your relationship. So I don't want to make light of that, okay? Okay if your spouse needs help, yes, they need help. Don't want this podcast to come across as me telling you that your spouse doesn't need help. Maybe they do, but all I'm trying to say is make sure that you are careful and that you understand that once you go down the road of counseling and coaching, things might actually progress in a way that you had not prepared for. Coaching and counseling opens up doors to conversations, to experiences, even to past experiences that you might not be ready for. So just be careful what you wish for. And then the eighth tip that I want to give you, and this is not just for my Christian listeners, but I believe this is for all of you, and it is to trust God. At the end of the day, pray, pray, pray for your spouse, pray that God would open his or her eyes, that they would see their true condition. I prayed for Sean, and still do, but especially when our marriage was ugly, I prayed for this man almost every day. Now, some of my prayers, praise God, he did not answer because some of them were not the nicest Christian prayers, okay? So thank God that he just said, I'm just going to ignore that one right there. We're just not going to even talk to Dana about what in the world she just said to me. But most of my prayers were godly, for the most part. But pray, say, Lord, I can't change my spouse, but you can. I've been trying to show them that they need help and they won't see it, but you can show them. And you know what God is most likely going to do? He's most likely not going to use you to show your spouse their flaws. I know. I know. You're like, but but I'm, I'm ready and I'm willing. I'm, sign me up, Jesus. And he's like, I don't need you for this project. You go sit down. I'm going to use somebody else. I'm going to use his friend at work. I'm going to use her sister. I'm going to use the pastor. I'm going to use somebody else. So when God chooses not to use you and you've prayed, you can't get upset with God for doing that. Just be happy that your spouse is going to change. I may or may not be speaking from experience. So my friends, there you have it. Your spouse might need therapy. They might need coaching. They might need help. And these are the ways that you are going to encourage them to get said help. If you stop nagging, stop manipulating, stop threatening, stop demanding, And just simply encourage, put the ball in their court. Do your own work. Work on yourself. How long did I have to work on myself before Sean decided to go to counseling? A long time. So long, I don't even know. It was long. It felt long. It was probably only a few months, but it felt like years. But whatever it takes for how long it takes. Now, I want to add some very important disclaimers here. This does not mean that you put up with abuse. This does not mean that you put up with incessant infidelity. This does not mean that you just pull the wool over your eyes and act like there's no problems because you're working on yourself. No, I still had to put Sean in his place one or two times while I was working on myself. But then I would just pick back up my little shovel and keep on working on myself, okay? So we're not going to act like we're naive and we don't know what's going on in our marriages. We're going to be responsible. We're all grown-ups. But we're also not going to put all this pressure on our spouse to do our work, to do all the heavy lifting. We're not going to blame all of our problems on them and then say, well, you know what? Our marriage would have worked out if you just would have gone to therapy. So I'm going to run through these tips again real quickly for you. It's the teacher in me. I have to give you like a little review. All right. So number one is you are going to encourage, not demand. That includes don't nag, don't manipulate. And some of these might be out of order, y'all, because I can't even read my own handwriting. Okay, number two, you are going to uh, not shame, blame, or compare. Okay, so that kind of goes in line with encouraging and not demanding. Number three, you're not going to have ulterior motives. You're going to make sure that your motives are right. Number four, you are going to work on yourself. Number five, which was really number one, you're going to ask yourself, is this really necessary? Do we actually really need counseling or coaching? Does my spouse really need this? Number six, you are going to be careful what you wish for. And then number seven is you are going to trust God. Trust God. God wants your marriage to succeed more than you do. Do you believe that? I believe that. God wants your marriage to succeed more than you. And so guess what? You're not in this alone, my friend. I know some of you feel like you are. Some of you feel like you're so alone and nobody understands and it's so hard. And I know that because I was there. But I'm telling you, as someone who has crossed over to the other side, you are not alone. There are people rooting for you that you don't even know about. There are people praying for you that you don't even know about. And if you don't have anyone praying for you, then send me a message and I will pray for you because I want your marriage to succeed. So do this work. And then when your spouse is willing, hit me up. And even if they're not, again, I have a program that is for solo spouses Now, I'm not going to work on your spouse if you come to me for a solo spouse session. I'm working on you. We, I should say, are going to work on you. So we're not going to talk about all the things that your spouse is doing wrong. Nope. Spouse isn't there to defend themselves. But you are. And so we're going to work on you. So if you're ready to go to work, danashaycom forward slash coaching. This is not a sales pitch. This is a get your life together pitch. So if you're ready then all you have to do is go to danashay.com forward slash coaching. I would love to get on a quick call with you. Find out if we are going to be good for each other to work together. And I want you all to know that I believe that there is no marriage that is too far gone as long as two people are willing to commit to making the changes that they need to. So thank you guys so much for listening today. By the time this episode releases, Sean and I are probably going to be on a tropical island somewhere celebrating our anniversary. It's been 23 years. To God be the glory. We are so blessed because we should not have made it, you guys. It is not because we're great people and we did all the things right. We did so many things wrong. But God was merciful and then we just decided to do the work. So that's what you have to do. Remember, marriages don't work. People do if you work it, it will work. Take care, my friends. Have a great rest of your week, and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode.